listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Hello and welcome in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Hope you are all well. This is uh, Saturday the 2nd of June. Happy Derby Day everyone. Uh, if you are having a bet today, good luck to you. Uh, I might post my thoughts on the Derby. Um, a, there is a horse I've backed and hopefully if it, if it comes in we'll be, we'll be quids in. So thank you for joining us. Yes, I just want to say quickly before we... Uh, this is a special episode. This is obviously the weekend. We did mean to have the Tennessee Titans on the hashtag my team, my thoughts. But unfortunately, if you looked at our social media, uh, the guy didn't decide to turn up. So I'm just in the middle of getting a replacement for them. I have found a replacement. Uh, just trying to find a date when he is free to, to talk the Tennessee Titans. But yeah, no apologies for that if you were expecting to find that. Um, next week, we hopefully have the uh, bearded twits uh, who will be talking Giants, Dolphins uh, with us, along with, along with a bit of uh, looking at some teams that are trending up and trending down going into the 2018 season. So keep your eyes out, Peel, for that. That'll probably be just the one uh, next week. We do have, I think, the Bears and maybe the Broncos as well at some point next week as well, uh, or the week after. So plenty to be getting on with, but uh, let's get back to today. Got a good show ahead of you today. We're just going to be doing, because uh, obviously a lack of the Titans on Thursday, I thought, oh, I'll do a bit of... Uh, a mock draft show for you today. So we're going to be doing a mock draft uh, and give you some pointers when you're going into drafts and mock drafts. And let's not forget it's May as well. So um, we'll be doing that shortly. Just a bit of news to get through first. Um, bought a couple of shirts to add to the collection this week. So keep your eyes peeled on social media for those. I won't disclose who they are at the moment, but I'm very pleased that I have got the shirts I've got and the prices that I got them for as well. Like I said, mentioned a bit a minute, a minute or two ago, it is the Epsom Derby today. If you are having a bet, please gamble responsibly. Hope you find some winners. Uh, the guy, the horse that I've gone for in the Derby is a horse called DXB. It's found about a twenty-eight to one shot. Uh, there's quite a lot of people that tout it. Um, apparently, it was unlucky in its in its previous race in its Derby trial. Um, so hoping that can run a, a good race at a big price. And uh, like I say, if you're betting each way as well, you'll still get a decent return. Um, for for that horse. A couple of things. Um, just finished watching All or Nothing. Obviously, my team Dallas Cowboys were featured on that this year. Have a couple of takeaways uh, that I've I've taken from the se- the series. Uh, Jason Garrett, how he is still a head coach, beggars belief. Really, uh, or the only thing he is good at. If you could win Super Bowls for clapping your hands whilst saying the same thing over and over again. Uh, within a short period of time, uh, he would be, you know, a six or seven-time world champion, uh, to be quite honest, because that's all all he ever does. And the only other thing he does is uh, start a huddle in in the in the locker room and say Dallas Cowboys on three, make it loud, one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. And you know, he he is one of the most uninspiring coaches I've seen. He's not a he's not a person-to-person coach. He's not very good, in my opinion, anyway, at getting the most out of players. Yeah. He's he talk, he certainly talks to talk, but oh my my God, he is awful. Um, and you know, the coaching staff as well, so one dimensional. They're so unimagin- unimaginative, and just the, the amount of talent that we have, uh, we did have last season on that on that offense. Obviously, Des Bryant no, uh, not no longer there, nor is Jason Witten. Ryan Switzer as well. I, I thought was quite a talented player in special teams, and potentially could have been a. a a good player on on offense for us. Obviously, he's now gone to Oakland. But my God, they just just needs a clear out there. And I know, obviously, everyone says, and I, I believe that Jason Garrett's there because he's a yes man. And obviously, Jerry Jones runs the gaff. It just it's just so frustrating for Dallas fans. And you know, you can see why Tony Romo was was so let down by the coaching staff over the years. I mean, it pains me to say this, but. The most talented person that we've had in on in our in our coaching staff over the last decade probably has to be Wade Phillips, and I know he he wasn't the greatest of head coaches when he was with us, and he's he's a mastermind of a of a defensive coordinator now. Obviously, he's travelled around with the Texans, and now at the Rams, obviously, and he was at the Broncos for a little while as well. He, that guy is very talented on defense, but 
you know, the, the coaching staff that, that we have had over the last, certainly since I've been following the NFL, which probably goes into the eight for ninth year now, has just been so uninspiring. And I, until they go and until Jerry Jones realises that we need some just something different. I mean, look at look at all the coaches now that are succeeding. You know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Look at what they bring to those teams and compare that with Dallas and the pieces that we have. It's just polar. It's polarizing. It, you know, just absolute poles apart. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, I can't see that that changing because we, we've got players on offense there, like you know Rod Smith, uh, Rico Gathers, who I've heard a bit of whispers that he's not overly impressed and he's not really got, really got the right attitude. But we've got playmakers there, and, and you know, again, Ryan Switzer was another one. But until we have someone coaching these guys that can bring the best out of them and, and has a playbook that doesn't that stretches more than one one or two pages, then I think Dallas are going to underachieve. Uh, for for the near future and un- until the the regime changes, but that's enough about my rant. Obviously, you didn't tune in to hear about my rant about Dallas Cowboys, but yeah, all or nothing uh, as a whole series was was quite enjoyable. I think towards the end it got a bit samey. There wasn't really anything new. Obviously, you, you follow it to I followed it because it was the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, I think if it was if it was another team, I think towards the end of the season, I think uh, I would have got a bit bored maybe. Um, but it, it was good to see behind the scenes about you know the, some of the tough losses that we had against Seattle, certainly second to last game of the season, the third to last game, I think the second to last game, uh, Denver, and you know how uninspiring the coaches were at trying to change that around. They swear Jason Garrett swears a lot. Uh, so did a couple of other st- the staff as well, and you know, I don't know if that's trying to make them stamp their authority, but they were they were far from that. Uh, another couple of things, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed the background side of things. Uh, I'd be interested to see. I'll probably go back now and watch the Arizona one and quite tempted to watch the Michigan Wolves one, the college one that they, they also released. Um, but it was also, you know, I would say that it was good enough to get my missus, uh, get the wife engrossed into it towards the end as well. She quite enjoyed. Uh, she's not, she's far from uh, an NFL fan, but hopefully over time that <laughs> that would change. But yeah, no, she got into it. So again, if that if that's a positive to, to take from the series, then yeah. Uh, I think they also saw an advert for the All Blacks. I think uh, having all or nothing series. I think uh, I can't quite remember what what time period that was from. But yeah, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the All or Nothing series, that's another one to keep your eye out on as well. Um, I think that is pretty much it for now. I think what we'll do is we'll get into the mock draft. Just to set the scene for you. Just to let you know, obviously, we're going to be doing a 12-team uh, picking from the fourth spot, randomised that beforehand, and I've, I'm using the Fantasy Pros uh, Draft Simulator, and I very much recommend that you do that. I know quite a couple of sites now have their mock draft lobbies open, but I prefer to do the Fantasy Pros one because it has all the experts picking from a, uh, you know, from a consensus point of view. So... You know where all the experts put in, where their rankings are. You know the 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 computers that you'll be drafting against are actually pretty intelligent and will draft pretty much how you probably expect to to draft come draft season. But you know just just don't at this point let's not let's not forget. Look, it is May or June now. Don't pay too too much attention to your team because there, there will be players that will rise and fall in NADP in, in so there might be some players and we, we do it as we go along you know some players that I'll try and point out that may drop in ADP in, uh, or may rise according to what potentially what training camps they have or off season that they could have and you know it's no doubt that there's going to be players that have a lot of momentum going into the season and there also might be players that don't have a lot of momentum or have bad reports coming out of the, the training camps or the pre-season so like I say, it's just an early indication of where people are going, especially rookies. Obviously, rookies now have been drafted. They have teams. Um, and it's just interesting to see where, what the perception is from the general public, or in this case, you know, the, the experts, where they think they should be going in drafts. Um, you know, and also, the good thing about mock drafts is you can start again. You can, re- you can especially with the Fantasy Pros one, you, if you don't like your pick, you can revert the pick and take a mulligan if you like and, and have another pick. I won't do that, obviously, in here, but... You know, try try different types of setup. You can do standards. We're doing standard scoring just for for this draft here. But you can do PPR. You can do half point PPR. You can do dynasty, and and all the rest of it as well. So and it's set up so that it will draft uh, according to your settings. You know, you can change how many flex spots you have. You can change how many quarterbacks need to be in your lineup. You can change the bench spots and all the rest of it there. So it's a really good tool to get you once you know your draft position. 
uh, for your leagues that you're doing to, to get a bit of practice in and to know who who you can be expecting to get at your different rounds and with you know you know reaching you can try reaching for players you can try seeing who falls late and take those and also the best thing as well is it gives you a grade not too really bothered about the grade at the end because if you're happy with your team that's great because you can you can have i think i did one a minute ago where it, it said it gave me quite a low grade i think it gave me a b or a c but i was actually really happy with my team so a couple of tips that i'd, I'd give you is for your draft before you start is obviously know your league know your players know know who is likely to go higher or lower than, than the mock drafts that you do. So, for instance, in the first round, I know that Alvin Kamara in mine is going to go quite high because quite a lot of people, obviously, are taken by what he did last season. So, obviously, just remember who, who you're playing against. You know, are they a set of players that like to take quarterbacks early? Are they players that take quarterbacks late? And, and you know, just adjust your, not your rankings, but your your, your strategy from them. So if you're, if you're a person that likes to take a, a late quarterback or a tight end, um, but you're in a, a league that likes quarterbacks to go early, you know you might have to reach go a bit early and get your quarterback that you that you potentially want at the at the end of drafts. So people like your Matt Ryan, your Jameis Winston's might go a bit earlier in those types of leagues than they would do normally. So again, yeah, know your league. That's that's a very important, a very important aspect of your draft. Uh, another couple of points I've got here is don't be afraid when you draft. You know that you you might see you know if you've got a gut feeling you or you've got rankings or you've you know when you've done your prep. You know I have a, the ultimate draft kit from the fantasy footballers who provide all the information that I need and you know I make a decision on when I want to take players. Don't be afraid to you know if you feel because quite a lot of drafts and draft uh, rooms you you'll get a list of all players and they're all ranked and if you you know say you're in the first or second or maybe even maybe the mid rounds and you've got a player there that's ranked 130 140 don't be afraid to take them if you, if you want to take your player and then maybe there's a couple of players there that you know you don't want to take because you're not inspired by those you know wide receivers wide receiver 3 4 position uh, and the same for running backs if there's a player that you like that you think can break out go take them uh, before someone else does so um, another tip I've got here: bye weeks. Don't really pay too much attention to bye weeks. Um, only in best ball leagues, really, because um, a lot can change when you when you from your draft. A lot of trades can happen. A lot of waiver wire pickups. So, if you do find that in your draft, you know you're in the sixth or seventh round, and quite a lot of your players have the same bye week, don't really matter too much because you can you can trade. Uh, you can pick up players from waiver wire to to accommodate that, or you can just say, no, you know, look, I'm gonna take a hit on the week eight. Um, so yeah, again, don't really pay too much attention to bye weeks if you're just taking the players that you want to take. So, um, and just a, a, a further point onto that: if you, when you are drafting your players, don't be afraid to drop them uh, throughout the season. Don't get too, uh, you know. In previous years, I've I've gotten into the habit of being too attached to the players that I've drafted, like in the later rounds. You know, the late round uh, dark dart throws are going to be players that you know you shouldn't be afraid to drop to the waiver wife, there's someone that's a bit hit and miss or they're not really performing, don't be afraid to drop them. Let them be someone else's headache would be my advice to you there, especially if you have trouble in, in trading them to other players on in your league. And I think, you know, your the final bit of the final bit of advice I'll probably give is use your first, second, third round picks to kind of put the foundations into what your 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 team wants to be, you know, and Make sure you stick to your strategy. You know, like I said, are you a person that's going to stream the quarterback position or the tight end position? Are you a person that takes best player available? And also tailor that to where you are picking in drafts. So if you're picking it at either end of the drafts where you get two picks in succession, you may find yourself reaching a bit more. But, you know, do you take a running back and a wide receiver with two of those picks? Or do you go both wide receivers or do you go both running backs? It depends on what your strategy is. You know, I'm very much a first round running back kind of guy. Um, I I just love that running backs you can get in the in the in the first round are your workhorses, your three down backs, and then I think all the other ones are more of your your plug and play kind of guys. So if you if you have a strategy, make sure you stick to it. But again, don't be don't be drafting in fear of you know if you've got players there that are more names, but you there's probably someone there that's less of a name, but you think will break out. Don't be afraid to trust your gut, and you know if you get if you get it wrong, you're going to learn from it. Um, you know, there's nothing worse from drafting someone that you didn't actually really want to draft and then they let you down. You know, someone that comes to mind is Lamar Miller, uh, who could be a similar, similar again this year. So, you know, it, it's that's the whole point of mock drafts. You know, they, it's the best preparation for your actual drafts in your leagues. So, you know, and again, it gives you an idea of who to expect in what rounds and you can adjust your strategies and 
your the way you draft uh, as, you, as you come into draft season. So without any further ado, we shall get started. So yeah, like I say, we are 12 teams, standard scoring, picking from the fourth spot. We are going one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and one flex. The flex being a wide receiver, running back, or tight end. And we're going to do one defense as well. Not going to do any kickers because kickers do not matter. Um, so off we go. So round one, first three picks, Todd Gurley, uh, Le'Veon Bell, no surprises there, those two. And then Antonio Brown was pick three. So that leaves us with a couple of good options. Like I say, I'm very, very happy that Ezekiel Elliott is still there. And I'm not going to lie, he's going to be the one I take. If it was a PPR league, maybe I think about David Johnson or DeAndre Hopkins uh, for for pick four. But since though it's standard, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be... The, yeah, he's going to get 75% of pretty much the the workload in that offense, considering who the players are. Not really much to say about Zeke, really. Uh, obviously, we know this, he had a troubled season last season, but still managed to close. I think he posted just under a thousand yards. Bear me two seconds while I just check his numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Zeke Elliott. He, had, he still had 242 attempts, which I think is about tenth. But about 10th most, uh, which is actually quite scary considering he missed six games. Uh, 983 yards, seven touchdowns. So he still ended up as, I think, a running back one, if not a running uh, a high running back two. You know what you're going to get? Say, no more Des Bryant, no more Jason Witten. He's going to be the main point of this offense. And yeah, you might say the counter-argument to that is the stack boxes, but the offensive line, I think, has been heavily improved. Cameron Fleming, Fleming at tackle. Um, and the other, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Connor Williams, obviously, I think I think the the Great Wall of Dallas, as they used to call it a couple of years ago, will be back. Obviously, Tyron Smith, uh, hopefully he'll come back healthy and have a have a full 16, 16 game season. And then obviously you got Zach Martin and and Travis Frederick there at centre. So, I do you think it doesn't matter if they stack the box? They are, they have shown that they're always been good enough to open gaps up for Zeke to run through and we know how hard a runner Zeke is and how good a runner he is as well but you can also pass catches out of the backfield and the prime example of that was his long screen pass touchdown against the 49ers last year so quite happy with that so just at the first round in general I think you can expect that in in some order you're going to get Todd Gurley, Bell, Antonio Brown, uh, Zeke Elliott, DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, Beckham, Barkley uh, and then probably Julio Jones, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt are probably going to be the guys that go in the first round. I mean, that's 11 I've given you there. Melvin Gordon or, or Fournette uh, could be other ones. Just to, again, depends on your league. But um, it comes back to round to us in round two. So we have the fourth to last pick, obviously, because we picked fourth in the first round. So just to give you an indication of who who, is, who have gone, there's been more running backs that were taken. And I think that's probably a trend you'll see going into draft season. Running backs are the, the sexier pick in the early rounds this year. So just to give you an idea of all the running backs off the board, Gurley, obviously Bell went before me. I took Zeke. David Johnson went pick six. Uh, Saquon Barkley pick eight. Kamara pick ten. Kareem Hunt, 11. Melvin Gordon, Fournette, Dalvin Cook. Fournette and Cook being the first two of the second round, so those two teams at the, in the, at the bookend there, they took two running backs, which was quite surprising a little bit, but again, you know, running backs are, good running backs are hard to come by, and quite a lot of them get injured, so certainly uh, an ethos I employ is to take quite a lot of running backs. So wide receivers that have gone, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas uh, went in round two, as did Mike Evans, AJ Green and Keenan Allen. So that leaves me with, uh, I think, who we've got, Devante Adams. At the wide receiver position, we've got Devante Adams, Doug Baldwin, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen. I think there's a one massive standout there for the wide receiver position for me. But just to give you an indication of other guys that are available, LaShawn McCoy at running back, Jarrett McKinnon, Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon are the top top really four that are, are there at the wide receiver uh, sorry, the running back position. Quarterbacks and tight ends, I, I do not take this early, so I'm not interested in those. For me, it's another easy pick, Devontae Adams. I think he uh, has the potential to be a top five uh, wide receiver this year, so to get him in the late second round is an absolute steal for me. Would have been happy with Keenan Allen, obviously, who went the pick before. Um, but generally, you know, I think if Devontae Adams wouldn't have been there, the next guys that were available were T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robertson, like I said, Doug, Doug Baldwin and Tyreek Hills. And I don't think that I think they're a tier down from the other guys that I, I mentioned there in the early second round. So I, put, I may have well gone 
a second running back there, but luckily Devontae Adams fell to me at the back of the second round there. So currently we've got Ezekiel Elliott as our running back one and Devontae Adams as our wide receiver one. So very, very happy there. So uh, short short turnaround back to me. So it's players that went in between my two picks, T.Y. Hilton, Alan Robinson, Doug Baldwin, Rob Gonkowski was the first tight end taken off the board and then two running backs, LeSean McCoy and Joe Mixon were taken. So back to me in round three. Who we've got? So we've still got Tyreek Hill on the board, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, uh, and Amari Cooper are the, the top four wide receivers. Let's have a quick look at who else is available. Uh, after that, yeah, Kenyon Drake, Demerick Henry. Oof, that's that's not very not very good. Obviously, tight ends: Travis Kelsey, Zach Kurtz are still there, and, and Aaron Rodgers. It's potential. I'm not I'm not really an advocate for taking a quarterback early, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, you've got two stellar guys there, and I've got Devontae Adams, uh, obviously the Green Bay wide receiver there, so you could double up and, and go Aaron Rodgers. To be quite honest, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers had that injury last season of uh, on his collarbone. Uh, obviously, it's telling that they tried to rush him back because you know how important he is to this offense. Just looking at the numbers from a fantasy perspective. You know, when he's had a full season, he's not been out in the top two. Uh, you know, I've got these figures here from 2012. Um, last year, obviously, finished 20, ranked 27th um, in six-point touchdown, two point, uh, minus two-point interceptions. But, you know, full season, so the season before that, finished up QB2. Um, and every alternate year, he's actually finished QB2. So his last six years have been 27-2, 11-2, 2 uh, and it, you know, there's no prices for guessing in which of those seasons did he he have injuries. So, you know, when he's fit, plays full 16 games. Obviously, there's a bit of a, a worry there that he can re-injure his collarbone or you know shoulder. And their offensive line, you know, he's always scrambling a little bit. But you know, if you can get 16 games, if you can guarantee me 16 games out of Aaron Rodgers, you know, you're going to get a top, at least a top two finish there at the, at the quarterback position. And you know, he has high ceilings and. The running game has not always always been there as well, so he's usually had to do it, you know, scrambling and running. Uh, but he's such a, a great quarterback. And obviously, with my pick in the second round of Devontae Adams, when then they 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 both have good games and they have high scores, I'm I'm going to reap the benefits of of those. Uh, so that's that's a combination I actually really 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 like, and hopefully uh, I get the chance to do that again in my in my actual drafts uh, come August and September. But Devonte Adams, just to give you a bit of um, look at look at his numbers, I'll just bring them up now. Yeah, so last so Devonte Adams, obviously no more Jordan, Jordy Nelson. Um, he was ranked. And a wide receiver won the last two years. Uh, he only had 74 and 75 receptions over the last two years in each, in each season. He's not had a thousand yards uh, season yet, but I think that would change. But his his touchdown upside is is huge. Last two seasons, he's had 10 and 12 touchdowns as well. And the interesting thing about the, the, his his stats is he has quite a lot of big plays. So last season, he had eight plays of over 20 yards and three plays of over 40. And then the season before that. 17 plays he had 17 plays of over 20 yards that is absolutely humongous and he had four four plays of over 40 as well so i mean the sky's the limit for Devontae adams i think again someone that you're selecting in the late second round who could be a top five wide receiver come the end of the year is is someone i'm going to try and get in in drafts and Obviously, if you're in leagues with me now, you obviously know. <laughs> I've shown my hand a little bit, but there we go. Maybe I'll just have to take him in the first round. And again, you know, if I'm late in the first round, that's not something I would mind doing, taking Devontae Adams, because that's, that's how high a ceiling I think he has. I'd, I'd rather have him over Mike Evans. I'd rather have him over Keenan Allen, AJ Green. Maybe not in uh, in PPR, but certainly in standard. His, his touchdown upside is, like I say, it's, it's going to elevate him to, to top five wide receiver status this season. That's quite tempting. It's quite tempting. Um, wide receiver, I suppose, out of the four, Torrick Hill, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, and Mario Cooper. I'll, pro- I'll, probably, I'll probably go Diggs there. Um, he's someone that can have a really high ceiling. Uh, potentially, maybe a bit high, but I don't think he'll get back to me, obviously, at the, at the end of round four. And again, you because know, I'm towards the end of of the draft uh, selections, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to wait a bit of time between picks. So, would it be a reach? Maybe, but I don't, I don't know. Third round for Stefan Diggs is is fair to me. But do you know what I'm going to do? I don't really do it very often, but I'm going to take a quarterback early, just to see how it pans out. And I say this is perfect perfect time to try and try these things out. So I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers as my, as my quarterback. You know, if you're going to get 
the quarterback uh, early. You want it to be Aaron Rodgers, and I suppose a third round is not uh, not a bad price to pay. So, yep, taking Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. So we have Aaron Rodgers, Zeke Elliott, and Devontae Adams in my team at the moment. So players that went afterwards, not really uh, any surprises. Travis Kelsey went immediately after. Uh, Zach Hertz has also gone in round four. Um, any any surprises there? Adam Thielen went, Tariq Hill, Christian McCaffrey, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram at end of round three is way too high. Uh, obviously, he's missing the first four games of the season, so... I certainly wouldn't. Um, Mark Ingram is not a guy I'm going to be drafting at all uh, in, in drafts. A couple of players that went just before my pick, Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins, middle of fourth round. Is, is that high? Maybe. I certainly prefer players with a bit more upside, So, or yeah, maybe some rookies. So in the fourth round, uh, we've got a quarterback, we've got a running back, and we've got a wide receiver too as well. So who have we got here? So Josh Gordon... Uh, is the top wide receiver still on the board for us at round four. Brandon Cooks, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marvin Jones are other wide receivers that are there for us. Uh, running backs are Derek Henry, J.J., Rashad Penny and Darius Geis. Don't really like any of those as a as a round four pick. Uh, probably one of those will come back to me in round five. And like I say, there's quite a lot of rookie running backs there that I'll probably take in round five as well. So we'll probably go wide receiver. Josh Gordon, I think, could be is a guy with a high ceiling, as is Brandon Cooks. To be fair, um, and they're not. I think in the standard scoring league, fourth round, a fourth round price tag for Josh Gordon, Brandon Cooks uh, is pretty good. I've seen Juju Smith-Schuster go as high as second round in some expert leagues, and that's just crazy to me, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Josh Gordon, which again is quite unusual for me to not have, already have two running backs by the end of the fourth round. But I'm hoping that come round to the end of the fifth. Uh, when it comes around to me, that, that some wide receivers, uh, some running backs will still be there for us to take. So we're going to take Josh Gordon. Some might say that Josh Gordon is a bit of a risk this year, but if you go back to his 2013 season where he had 87 receptions for over 1,600 yards, uh, absolute monster season, nine touchdowns as well, ended up the wide receiver three or two in PPR uh, and standard. So it didn't really matter what what type of league you're in. He, you know, he was a top, top three wide receiver. And obviously he was out 2015-2016 and certainly last season only had a couple of games because he was only reinstated. Um, so yeah, he's, he's not had a, a great season for the last four seasons and you're obviously relying on he can him hitting the ceilings that he did obviously 2013. 20, even 2012 had a good season, 50 uh, receptions for eight, 805 yards and five touchdowns. And the other thing, obviously, <clears throat> you have to have faith in the Cleveland offense. Tyrod Taylor, obviously, the quarterback, maybe may, Baker Mayfield a bit more down later down the stretch. But you could you could argue that his ceilings maybe not as high as it was uh, back in 2013-2012. But, you know, the game scripts for Cleveland may still be quite pass-happy uh, pass ones. Obviously, if their defense steps up again, it might lend itself to being a bit more of a backfield like Duke Johnson, Nick Chubb catching passes and taking some off there. But also you you got you got Corey Carmen and Jarvis Landry, but I think they're more um, yeah, kind of possession receivers, move the chains types of guys. But Josh Gordon's still going to be the guy that blows the lid off the off the offense. So quite happy to take a chance uh, on Josh Gordon in 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 this round. So just to give you a recap of our team: We've got Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and now Josh Gordon to join the ranks. And again, it's a quick turnaround to us now. So players that went were Shard Penny, Golden Tate, Jay Marvin Jones, and then two quarterbacks, Sean Watson and Tom Brady. So not really a lot of damage in the wide receiver or running back uh, depth there for us. So Brandon Cooks is obviously still there. Uh, Julius Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, Michael Crabtree are now the, the main guys at wide receiver. Running backs, we've still got Derek Henry, uh, Darius Geis, Lamar Miller, Dion Lewis, and then you've got some of the some of the rookie running backs, um, it's quite it's quite hard to know where to go from here. I think at this position we need to take a running back. Um, again, because it's standard scoring, I think I'd prefer probably prefer someone like Darius Geis uh, over someone like Lamar Miller or Dion Lewis, who's going to be the get bit in the, the the catching the passes out the backfield. I think if it was PPR, I'd probably go for maybe one of those guys or someone that's a, a rookie that's a three down back, maybe like a Ronald Jones or a Royce Freeman. But as it is standard scoring, Darius Geis should get a heavy lot of the workload. Um, and like I've said in previous previous blog posts and podcasts, Alex Smith is a is a great quarterback for handing the ball off. So we're going to take Darius Geis, and that's going to 
fill up our, our starting positions at the running back and wide receiver. I'm actually really liking the way this is is, is panning out. Um, so let's just hope. So it's quite a while now till our sixth round pick, so we just have to see who comes off the board. So let's have a look. So Derek Henry went in immediately afterwards. I don't really like Derek Henry that early. Um, I'm still don't, not quite sure how the Tennessee backfield is going to pan out. And that's, that's probably one I'll, I'll probably keep a bit of an eye on going into the season. But again, I don't think Henry is someone I'm going to be drafting this year. Maybe Dion Lewis in PPR if it's you know the fifth, the fifth or sixth round because he could be could be a bit of a steal there. Uh, so just to let you know some others that went, uh, Greg Olsen, Evan Ingram, Delaney Walker were Titans that went. That's quite high for Delaney Walker. I'm not a big, not big fan of that pick. Uh, quarterbacks that went, there was a hell of a lot of quarterbacks that went in the sixth round. Uh, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Big Ben, that's way high for Big Ben. Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G uh, to go with Carson Wentz and Cam Newton that went in the fifth round. So there's a hell of a lot of QBs there. And that's, that's quite unusual. Bit of a run there. So that again, that says to me that there's a lot of value there to be had at running back and wide receiver positions. So Lamar Miller is still there. He's been there for the top of the running back depth on the on the on the mock draft here for a couple of rounds. Uh, same as Dion Lewis, but there's a couple of there. Ronald Jones and Royce Freeman are also there, as are Tevin Coleman and Marshawn Lynch. At the wide receiver position, let's see who we've got available. We've got Julian Edelman, Devin Funches, Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins. So again, I think the tier in if you if you tier players, I think the, the running back tiers there are a lot still a bit higher than the wide receiver. So I think there's a bit of value there to have from the running back position. For me, I'm quite I don't know why, but I seem to be drawn to the the rookies this year. So I'm probably going to be picking either Ronald Jones or Royce Freeman. Um, they're three down backs. They could certainly be three down backs. Whereas Lamar Miller, he could be a three down back if Dante Foreman starts the season on the pup list. But you know he he appeals also. But Dion Lewis, don't really don't really think that he would be as good a pick as maybe Ronald Jones or Royce Freeman. I think we'll probably go we we'll go Royce Freeman at this point. It's always good to like I said before stack up on running backs because yeah, certainly in most leagues you're going to get one or two teams that are going to be needing it running back at some point so you could use them as a, as a trade piece um so i'm quite happy to have royce freeman as my as my first bench spot uh, sorry my flex um coming back round to us uh chris hogan came off the board lamar miller andrew luck that's way too high for andrew luck Devin Funches, CJ Anderson, seventh round is a very good pick there. I think he can get quite a lot of the carries for standard for standard leagues as well. Again, not so much maybe for, for PPR. And then Julian Edelman. So back round to me in the seventh, fourth, fourth pick of the seventh round. Uh, we still have De Dion Lewis there and we still have Ronald Jones there. So I'm actually quite tempted to take one of those guys. Because uh, again, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the wide receivers that are left. Again, Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins maybe as a, as a ceiling as a, a high um, high end play, maybe he yeah you know, he's going to have some scores at a high, but it's a bit of a headache as to try and figure out what when when those weeks are. So I think I'd probably I'd, at this point go the safety of the running back position. I'm going to take Ronald Jones over Dion Lewis again purely because it's uh, standard scoring, uh, but certainly wouldn't put you off off Dion Lewis. But I'd, I'd, I'd probably take him in, in PPR. So we're going to take Ronald Jones. In the seventh round, which is a bit of a steal, I think personally, uh, I think he'll go a bit higher uh, in in when when it comes to draft season. So let's see who goes after. Dion Lewis goes immediately after, so he finally falls to the middle of the seventh round. Emmanuel Sanders, Lynch, Corey Davis is a, is, is a name that's been that's quite high up for me uh, in in drafts this year. Obviously, he was a bit injured last year, but he was obviously a first round pick uh, by Tennessee. So interesting to see if they force him the ball in that offence next season. And so you've got overhaul there of head coach and offensive coordinator. So Corey Davis is one whose ADP could could fluctuate uh, between now and September. So it comes back to round to us in the eighth round. One I, I catch in uh, pick Sammy Watkins falling in the eighth round, middle of the eighth round, and also Tevin Coleman um, was also was also a decent uh, pick up there. It was actually the pick before me. So... To recap our current team, we've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, Darius Geis, Devante Adams and Josh Gordon as our starters, Royce Freeman in the flex. Ronald Jones is our first running back uh, on the bench. So I'm very, very happy there at the uh, running back depth, but I think now we need to focus on wide receivers. Uh, just to give you an indication who is still available at running back, got Duke Johnson, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell and Kerryon Johnson. I'm hoping Kerryon Johnson maybe falls another round or two. 
because uh, I, I think I need, say I need to focus on maybe a tight end or a wide receiver now because we don't have that uh, on in-depth foot wide receiver or a tight end at all. Also, it might be worth pointing out at this point is when, when you go through a draft, look at what other teams are drafting. And again, if you know your league, then that's fine. But you know, just look at you know maybe some teams that are either picking between you or just after you or just before you, just to see... You know, are they struggling at running back? Are they struggling at wide receiver? And you know, can you nick maybe nick something off of them and uh, so from the from the mock draft and maybe trade them afterwards and you know try and restrict the other teams to their better players. Um, but again, yeah, just just keep an eye on who, on who maybe looks strong, who looks weak, uh, where they're drafting, and just to get just to get an idea of how your team also compares uh, as as you go through the draft. But back to our, this one now. So uh, tight end position. I think is is a need, and we have uh, Carl Rudolph, Trey Burton, and Jordan Reed, Jack Doyle, Jack, uh, Tyler Eifert, and George Kittle. So it's a bit wearing a bit thin, but I think Carl Rudolph is probably maybe a tier above all the rest of those. So maybe worth taking the tight end at this point. And again, it's in an offense where Kirk Cousins is used to throwing to you know to tight ends. He has done when Jordan Reed's been there. So in in this type of offense, Kyle Rudolph is going to get plenty of scoring opportunities as well. And you know, tight end position is a bit of a dumpster fire at this point um, in 2018, and has been for the last couple of years. You know, if you do, if you miss out on the first couple, then it's essentially streaming really. But Kyle, Kyle Rudolph can can do a job there at tight end, and to get him in what round are we in now? Eighth round, I think is is fair value. Um, if I really wanted to, I could probably go for, back for a late, late tight end, maybe George Kittle in the later rounds, or maybe Trey Burton if, he, if he's still there in the next round. Uh, Trey Burton's a guy I really like, uh, and we'll probably probably go up. Um, you know, Chicago are a team that have been hyped in the off season, so Trey Burton, I expect his ADP to, ADP to to rise into the, maybe the seventh or sixth round. Round about the Jimmy Graham uh, area, but yeah, we're going to take Car Rudolph. I think with Carl Rudolph, he's, he's, he's a middle-of-the-road tight end. Yeah, he always posts solid numbers the uh, last couple of seasons. So his receptions over the last five, six years, 57, 83, 49, 24, 30, and 53. Uh, his touchdowns, 8, 7, 5, 2, 3, 9. So, you know, considering what the tight end position is like, um, like I say, to get to get Carl Rudolph this late, is, is pretty, I think it's pretty good. He gives you... I, I want to say a higher floor than the most tight ends, but you know he does obviously do a, a duck egg every now and again, and especially when you, when you've got wide receivers now like Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Um, you know it's, it doesn't always get funneled through Carl Rudolph as much as it used to. Um, but Kirk Cousins, like I say, like he does like throwing to tight ends. He you know Jordan Reed was his tight end in Washington for for God knows how many years, and look how many I know, I know Jordan Reed's not quite. Is is a class above Carl Rudolph, but again, yeah, the opportunities there to to put up a somewhat competent season uh, for Carl Rudolph, and again, like I say, red zone, he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. He's this is an offense that's going to score a lot of points. It's going to get a lot of red zone opportunities. So it's like it's nice to have a bit of a bit of that offense. Uh, so Carl Rudolph this late is is I'm quite happy with that pick. It's pretty much give us a starting offense now. So yeah, so we've got Rogers, Elliot, Darius Geis, Devontae Adams, Josh Gordon, Carl Rudolph, and Royce Freeman is our starting. I'm very, very, very happy with that. So picks that go in between us. So it's a quick turnaround to pick to round nine. Nick Chubb, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's an interesting one. Um, quite a lot of people, quite a lot of whispers from the beat reporters that Randall Cobb could have quite a quietly uh, sneaky good season with obviously Jordan Nelson no longer there. You've got Devontae Adams uh, and Jordan Allison and you've got a couple of the rookies as well. But, you know, Randall Cobb, especially, not maybe not so much PPR, but standard could be someone that could, you could plug in and play uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, Donta Foreman went. I think that's a risky pick considering he could um, he's struggling with injury at the moment and could actually start the season on the, on the pup list. So, you're missing the first six games there, so Dante Foreman is not someone I'm going to be picking at all. Uh, a couple of wide receivers to kick off the ninth round: Kenny Stills, Cooper Cup, and Devontae Parker. Cooper Cup's not a bad a bad shout in that round, uh, but he's again more of a PPR play. So we we'll see how that goes. So what we're left with now: we have uh, quarterback is Philip Rivers, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan. Don't mind any of those, but you can probably wait a bit later for those. Still the same money backs, Duke Johnson, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, and Kerryon Johnson still there as well, so uh, he's a good shout. Tariq Cohen is another one who appeals uh, this late in, in drafts. Wide receivers, we have Robbie Anderson, Marquise Goodwin, J 
Jordy Nelson, Sterling Shepard, Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. And then Titans, uh, we have Trey Burton, Jordan Reed, and Jack Doyle. So for me, I think it's quite a pretty easy one. Um, I'm a guy that likes to, to load up on running backs. So Kirion Johnson or Tariq Cohen are the guys that appeal to me in this position. Tariq, uh, Isaiah Crowell, not a big fan of him in the Jets' offense. It's going to be a low-scoring team. Jamal Williams, you know, who knows what that Green Bay backfield is going to be like. One thing I will say about the Green Bay backfield is if you manage to find the, the, the number one running back there, you're, you're getting the steal and you're going to be winning winning championships because it's a hard backfield to try and understand who's going to be the lead the lead dog there uh, and obviously Duke Johnson I'm not really interested in him this year obviously with the signings of Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb so Duke Johnson will get some uh, followers in in PPRs but not for me so you have a choice really whether or not it's the the upside potentially of Kirion Johnson <clears throat> obviously it could be Obviously, you've got Legault Blanc there in the backfield who could potentially take away and vulture TDs away from Kerryon. Um, and you might, you might have to wait a little bit to get your dividends on selecting Kerryon because it might take him a little, a little bit of time to to bed in. But you, you might actually, you know, best case scenario, get a three down back there. Oh, okay, the Detroit backfield is not something that's always been great. But uh, if you can find a back that has three downs this late in the draft, I think that's a that's a, a reason enough to pick him. Tariq Cohen is an interesting one purely because I think he'll be utilised more this season than he was last. Obviously, John Fox is a, is a dinosaur in offensive, uh, getting the most out of offences. Matt Nagy now there. Um, he should get more uh, out of all the players there on that team. And so last season, Tariq Cohen... 87 rushing attempts, um, 4.3 yards per, uh, average per carry. Not too bad. Only the two touchdowns. But he actually, um, I'm looking at his stats, he had a lot more receptions than I actually thought he he did. Uh, broke a couple of big ones for over 20 yards. Uh, I think he had one over 40. But 53 receptions uh, for a player. Obviously, they were, they were more at the start of the season uh, when he was a bit of an unknown. But certainly expect Matt Nagy to use Tariq Cohen more, spread him about and, and use his explosiveness uh, and his skill set because you know, it's something that that, that team could, could do with utilising. So I wouldn't blame you for taking uh, Tariq Cohen. And I say if you're more of a person that takes the higher ceiling, I, I tend to be a guy that is more of a safer floor, uh, either to, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. I mean, maybe because we're now in the ninth round of the draft, you can you can speculate a little bit, but um, I'll probably leave that for another couple of rounds yet. But so I'm going to take Kirion Johnson. Um, yeah, fourth pick of the ninth round is, is pretty good for, for someone that could work in, walk into a, quite a high workload if he impresses in the off-season. Moving on to the tenth round then, uh, just to... That, you know some players that went in the ninth and tenth round: Jordy Nelson, Robbie Anderson. Uh, don't Robbie Anderson obviously in the middle of potentially getting a s- suspension uh, from his for his misdemeanors in in the off season. Uh, some other players that went: uh, Tariq Cohen went a couple of spots after. Kelvin Benjamin, Marquis Lee, Marquis Goodwin, uh, wide receivers at the field out the back of the ninth round, and that was completed by Duke Johnson. Tenth round started. Jamal Williams, DeMarco Murray, and Trey Burton, which is a bit of a shame. I would have liked to. I would have taken him if he'd have fallen to me uh, at the back end of the tenth round. Uh, the first defense went off the board uh, in round ten, and it's probably something you'll see quite frequently in your drafts. Uh, Jacksonville going in the tenth round. There's always someone in your leagues who likes to take the best defense, and they will always take them uh, a couple of rounds early. My advice to them is let them take it, and then when it gets to say the fourth or fifth defense. That's when you should strike because that's usually the, either the, the second to the penultimate round or maybe even the third to last round. But again, if you know your league and you know that they they like to draft defenses, maybe you have to pay a bit more of a premium for for the the higher end ones. So it comes back to us in the tenth round. We have quarterbacks. Um, I don't really need to look at them because obviously I have, have Aaron Rodgers, but we've got Philip Rivers, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston. So it just shows you you can wait till later rounds um, to to get your quarterback. Because uh, you know there's not really much of a, a disparity in points if you if you stream right. I think there was a stack going around if you had Ryan Fitzpatrick and was it James Winston? Maybe I think it was uh, last season and adding you know their scores they they would have given you wide uh, quarterback one numbers. So it just goes to show you don't have to pick your Aaron Rodgers. But obviously it's a, it's a mock draft. You now you get to try these things out. And I say I don't usually draft a quarterback until at least the double rounds the double double digit rounds. But uh, but there we are the running back. Running backs left on the board are getting a bit thin. You've got uh, Theo Riddick, Chris Carson, Legault Bunt, Smarjie P. Ryan, 
uh, and all the rest of them, Giovanni Bernard. So these are these are guys that are always obviously bit part players. Um, these are guys that you know are shot in the dark at the moment and, and maybe handcuffs. I'm not a big fan of handcuffing in mock drafts uh, or in, even in your drafts when it comes to draft season. I want players on my bench that uh, are going to start and I can plug in straight away. Maybe Dynasty, obviously you have that in case they, they change teams and, and what have you. But the uh, wide receivers uh, that are left on the board, Nelson Aguilar, he's been there for quite a while now. Richard Matthews, Josh Doxon, Deshaun Jackson, DJ Moore, Alan Hearns. So the, we're talking you know, wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes here for their respective teams. Tight end position, a couple of decent ones left. Jack Doyle, if obviously he can fend off Eric Ebron and have a similar production to last year. That's an absolute steal at this point in the draft. Still got Tyler Eifert, George Kittle and OJ Howard. So George Kittle is one that jumps off for me. He could be someone that, that breaks up, uh, breaks out this year. Uh, all the other ones, OJ Howard, David Njoku, Cameron Brake, they're all, again, they're going to be very high volatile players. Quite happy that in the end I've got Kyle Rudolph. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that usually waits for tight end and maybe will draft two. Uh, I'm not really interested in taking defence at this point. So... Of those that are left, I think, seeing as though my roster's quite safe, you know, I've got quite a few running backs now. I've only got, uh, was it two wide receivers? Yeah, I've only, geez, I've only got two wide receivers. Okay, so I think we need to go wide receiver here to start filling that out a little bit. So the one that, that jumps out to me, I, I think I think I'm going to take a bit of a risk here, go to Sean Jackson. I think he's a player who, in that offense, just struggled to adapt a little bit. And, you know, he was only a couple of yards away from some big plays last season. And I think the season would have been looked upon totally differently had he brought those passes in. I think this offense is going to fire this year. As I say, I've, I've already got Ronald Jones, who's going to be the running back there. But they've got the two tight end sets of Cameron Bray and uh, OJ Howard. They've they've got Chris Godwin, who could be a, a late round still in best ball and in, in your drafts, PPR drafts. Just to give you some numbers on Sean Jackson's season last season, 50 receptions, 668 yards and three touchdowns. Not great, and like I say, it might, might be a bit of a reach at, the, at this point, but I certainly think Sean Jackson will improve uh, on, on last season. Mike Evans only had 71 receptions himself, so um, Adam Humphreys splits them with 61. I, I don't think Adam Humphreys would be much of a, a factor this year. I think Chris Godwin is the guy that probably I'd be more scared of as a Sean Jackson owner um, but certainly I, I certainly see Deshaun Jackson improving on on that so and like I say he was only a couple of catches away from from you know 800 yards and five six touchdowns as well so I'm quite happy to kind of not give him a free pass on last year because it, it was okay for a receiver that you're taking in in this type of round uh, in the late rounds so again he, he's a guy that you know if he hits a hits a big game he can win you a week or two um, and at this point in the draft I'm happy to take someone that that presents that to me he is someone that you could play matchup based. Um, he he could be in the slot. He can be moved around on the perimeter. But his speed is gonna is gonna allow him to have some big games. So I think I think it's about time now we take a bit of a risk. Gonna take Sean Jackson. I don't mind anyone taking Nelson Aguilar here because it's an, again it's another great offense and he's a he's a good part of that offense as well. But I'm gonna take Sean Jackson for his his ceiling for some weeks and hopefully one at least two or three weeks he can get us a win. Uh, in, in our league. So I'm going to take Sean Jackson. See how that goes. So a couple of picks after it was Jack Doyle won at tight end, Philip Rivers, Matt Breda, Jared Goff, David Njoku and Theo Riddick. So again, comes back to Andrews quite quick. So not a lot has changed since our, our last pick. So again, I think because we are quite thin at wide receiver position, I think I'm going to go DJ Moore here. Uh, he's someone that can, again, I, I don't know why I'm so drawn to the rookies this year. Probably be my my downfall, but DJ Moore has a, has a opportunity there to be an integral part of the offense. He will hopefully create space for Cameron Newton to throw into. You know, he's not the most accurate of passers, but if if he's in space, DJ Moore should be able to have some good weeks. I think I think his ceiling, uh, DJ Moore, can be quite high. You know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. He uh, he out receives Devin Funchess uh, or. Even Greg Olson, I know Greg Olson is the main, the focal point of the offense, apart from Cam Newton's running ability and you know the running game there. But DJ Moore could have again, like Deshaun Jackson, could have a couple of games where he blows up, but he offers a safe floor as well, in my opinion. Um, yeah, the, he, you know, he's a he's a first year rookie. He might he might take a little bit of time to get in into the groove, uh, but I think considering this is the eleventh round, I'm quite happy to take DJ Moore in, at this spot and. Uh, 
add to our wide receiver depth in, on the team. So we're going to take DJ Moore and then going to wait a little while to see what, what comes back round to us in round 12. A couple of names that have come out. Nelson Aguilar went the pick after. Again, I, w- I wouldn't in another mock draft, I may have taken him instead of DJ Moore. Just went a bit for the upside and the unpredictability over, you know, you can't really know what you're getting with Nelson Aguilar. And then pretty much, there's not really much else to, to report in the in these later rounds. Uh, Spencer Ware is, is is a running back that I'd keep my eye on. If it comes to late August, September, and he's still low down in the 12th round, he's, he's someone that could potentially be worth picking up as a potential, uh, you know, diamond in the rough. We know what Andy Reid is like with his running backs, and let's not forget until um, you know Spencer Ware was the lead back until he went down injured uh, and Cream took Cream Hunt took over. So it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Spencer Ware has a bit of a timeshare in that backfield. And I certainly you know I'd certainly rather take Spencer Ware in the eleventh twelfth round rather than Kareem Hunt in the first personally. So uh, a couple of tight ends went. George Kittle was one of them unfortunately, so uh, he's not going to be he's not going to be picked for me in, in the twelfth round. 12th round, a couple of QBs went. Mariota, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan. Again, love the positions for those. They're, they're guys that are going to have decent weeks, and especially Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota are going to get points on the ground as well with their feet as well. So a couple of wide receivers that went in the 12th round. Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson, the Washington wide receivers. Bit of a minefield, those those ones here in Washington. It's hard to know what Alex Smith will prefer to, to dump the ball off to. I'm much more of a Jamison Crowder kind of guy. I think he suits Alex Smith's style of play. Uh, they have a wide receivers that went Rashad Matthews, Danny Amendola. Don't mind those at all. Like I say, at this point in the draft, you're going to be drafting dart throws. You're going to be drafting ones that you know you, you hopefully uh, outperform their position and, and give you solid flex uh, options uh, for your team. So what's left to us? So we are pick nine in the 12th round. And again, there's only two rounds left. So this is the point where... I would consider drafting a defense because you know if if you're in the last round, obviously it depends. If you're if you're last to pick in the in the in the last round, you're not going to get a very good defense. So I always go second to last round and and use my high pick, highish pick to try and beat everyone to the punch. So obviously at this point, Jacksonville I think is the only defense off the off the board. So we have our pick. So the the ones the elite defenses I think for this year in fantasy: Minnesota, Philadelphia, the Rams, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And again, don't be don't be afraid to you know if you don't want the Minnesota Vikings defense, despite you know them being ranked higher. I mean, just for the sake of this mock draft, I'll I'll go for one a bit more left field. Um, I'm actually going to go the the Rams or the Chargers. I think they have a lot more chances at putting up big scores because they can limit the other offenses. So the Rams, for example, they're going to be playing the Seahawks you know, twice twice in every season, same as the Cardinals and. 49 as well. They have a they have a good chance. They have a weaker set of divisional opponent opponents than say Los Angeles does or, or Philadelphia or Minnesota. You know Minnesota Vikings. Let's not forget they they play Green Bay twice. They play Chicago twice this year. Who could be more improved? And also you have got Detroit there who are not too bad on offense either. So my my advice when I, and my my strategy when I'm picking defenses is who do they play twice a season? Um, what are their offenses like? And then kind of go from there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just for the for the sake of it. I'm gonna go for Los Angeles Chargers, the second defense off the board. Again, if you're if you've got your pick of the litter, you're not really gonna get a a bad defense. Uh, and I wouldn't even put you past picking two as well, and just plug and play each each matchup. And another one, a bit lower down, Ravens is always a good one to pick. Uh, they're not always the, the first defense off the board. So we're gonna go Los Angeles, uh, and then we'll have our last round dart throw to see who is about. See if we can pick up another wide receiver. Um, yeah, so look, the first the first three selections in the last round, three three defenses. So we've we've kind of beaten everyone to the punch there. So I'm quite happy that we've we've got the defense that we wanted. So that's not to say we couldn't have probably picked up Los Angeles um, at this pick now and picked a, a one a running back or a wide receiver. But only three, only two running backs in the tight end have gone. And that's Blunt, Peyton Barber, and OJ Howard. So I'm not missing out on a great deal. Uh, and that's the beauty I think when you when you pick at either end of the draft when you got picks in quick succession you can usually if you feel like you've missed a, a player or you should have picked a player that sometimes they, they come back to you as well so um for our last pick again like I say your last pick is usually a dart throw someone that could maybe turn into something and one of my one of the names that is jumping out to me at the moment is Michael Gallup the Dallas wide receiver who could quite easily be a wide receiver one 
uh, and I'm quite happy to take his upside. Another couple of players that are around, uh, Alan Hearns, obviously the other Dallas wide receiver, Cameron Meredith, Matavis Bryant, Calvin Ridley, Didi Westbrook, Ted Ginn, Mohamed Sanu. There's a lot of players there that, yeah, and that's the thing with, with 12. I play in a lot of 14 team, uh, team leagues, so it's quite unusual for me to see these names in the last round, but... Michael Gallup for me. I mean, I wouldn't put you part. I wouldn't put it put you off Sanu or Ridley. That's going to be a high scoring offense. Ted Ginn's the home run hitter if you want a bit of upside and you want uh, you know either a duck egg or or a fifteen plus score in the last round. Mike Williams is another one who's a bit further down. He could have a really good season this season. Uh, Chris Godwin as well for Tampa Bay. Like I said, mentioned before, they they have the potential there. But I'm going to go Michael Gallup because I think he has a safer route to to opportunity. And we're going to draft him, and he is going to fill out my roster. So just to go through my team, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, Darius Geis at the running back position, starting uh, Devante Adams, Josh Gordon are my wide receivers. My flex is Royce Freeman, tight ends Kyle Rudolph, and on my bench we have Ronald Jones, Kieran Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, DJ Moore, and Michael Gallup uh, with my tight end. Kyle Rudolph and the defence of Los Angeles Chargers. Actually quite happy with that team. Um, the Fantasy Pros grade have given me an A-92 out of 100. So yeah, pretty happy with that. I'm, but I'm actually really happy with the team. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of high floors there. But there's, also, there's a couple of people sprinkled in that have high ceilings. You know, Deshaun Jackson, DJ Moore, Michael Gallup uh, could be decent players. But we've also, on, you know, in our starting lineup, we have guys with high ceilings in Devante Adams, Josh Gordon, uh, Zeke is is going to have a high high ceiling and a high floor. And Darius Geis, um, he, you know, if he has some bad weeks, hopefully the rest of the team can pick him. So that's that's the team. Let me know what you think. Uh, is there any players that you would have taken in any rounds other than the ones I did? Do you have any strategies that you think work? Get in touch with the show at Full Ten Yards on Twitter and Instagram. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you want to get in touch with the show via email, it's Full Ten Yards at Gmail Hope that wasn't too much of a bore for you. I know it's hard listening to my voice for over what we're now in 40, 40, 48 minutes. Um, but I appreciate you getting to the end. And I say, if you want to come onto the show, we can do a mock draft together. That'd be great. Um, and say, if you want to talk about your team, uh, we haven't talked. If, if there's a team we haven't talked about yet and you want to talk about them, get in touch with us. Uh, and we'll get on to my team, my thoughts uh, with those with you. Just before we go, just want to say a couple of things. Um, that I've, I've seen on social media there's a facebook group called hail mary hits who are looking at getting uh, more money invested into the grassroots uh, american football over here in this country they do giveaways they do um yeah, little helmets signed helmets signed signed stuff so i very much recommend you you check those guys out you know obviously we want the game to get better over here i'm hoping to go to the uh, game tomorrow, East Kilbride Pirates versus Manchester Titans. If I do go, I'll, I'll tweet a bit out and, and share some videos on there as well. But yeah, if you want to support the grassroots game, get out to a game. Very cheap, if not free, to get in. But also, Hail Mary Hits, they're obviously a, a non-profit, uh, non, not, not-for-profit organisation there that try and put some money back into and grow the American football game here. So I very much appreciate their, their efforts. Next week, hopefully, we'll have the uh, Bearded Twits with us. Um, they will, we'll be talking about the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos, but also we will, I oh know, sorry, I think it's the Giants, the Giants and the Dolphins, was it Giants? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, keep an eye out on, on social media and talking of Twitter accounts, Captain Andrew Luck is a great follow. Uh, it's a, it's a parody account, obviously, but it's, um, premise is that Andrew Luck is like a, a captain or a corporal in, in the army and he's, his tweets are essentially communications or telegrams about his what's going on in his life and the there's a tweet about him picking up a, a young kid the other day and lifting him up in the air and that, that, that was quite funny so I very much recommend that twitter account i think it was at cap uh, capt c-a-p-t andrew luck always quite funny for those, those if there's any other ones that you've got out there that are quite funny of other players um i think evil mike tomlin was another one that i i quite enjoy uh quite enjoy following but there's, there's i mean there's plenty out there there's loads of people that have that time to waste on doing those accounts but they are fun and that's what makes twitter great i suppose um but i think that'll do it for us on this special episode weekend episode of the Fourteen yards podcasts we will see you again next week uh, i think it'll probably be wednesday uh, will be our next post so if you want to find us on itunes uh, stitcher subscribe review what could we do better what are we doing great 
be great to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Uh, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.